श्रीलगुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जय श्री श्री जगन बलदेवी की जय श्री हरिनाम प्रभु की जय गौर भक्त बिंद की गौर महाप्रभु in jagannath puri and in between we have shared some other sessions regarding brahmar gita we have been speaking about some other celebrations we have this weeks like bhaktinath thakur's disappearance day radhar pandit's disappearance day sri vasthakur disappearance day and lots of questions and answers as well so you you never run out of questions it was good <laughs> let's see if today is the exception to the norm i don't think so <laughs> So, are there any questions for today? How to balance our personal bhajan, you know, with the necessity to have sankirtan as well, you know? What do you mean by sankirtan? Like, together, like practice with others. Mm. Okay. How to balance? Yes, because... Well, you know, organize like, and meet for sankirtan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not always is, is, is possible, so... Necessity is the mother of invention. So if you have the necessity, how is it it's in English? If there is a will, there is a way. If there is a will, there is a way. If there is not way, maybe there is no will. <laughs> so hopefully these days we, we have thrown some extra fuel into the, into the fire of, of will. Huh? Because I mean, if we really understand the teaching, we will conclude about the importance of both. No, not one thing doing away with the other but so <coughs> it's important to not neglect one personal bhajan but I mean Sankirtan is not outside of one's personal bhajan even though it takes the form of collective meeting and chanting still is part of one's because you have to do your part there it's not just I'm there with others and I'm carried away by the currents and I do not do anything. I become like automaton without will. Oh, you have to do something in the Sankirtan as well. Hmm? But of course we receive some, if you will, a special uh, like pushing and inspiration from if there is a, a favorable environment for sure that will create some special momentum for us to voluntarily enter into the fire, if you will, of Sankirtan. <laughs> So the rest is just, again, informing ourselves about the importance of that and trying to see how we can organize for that to happen on some sustainable basis for everyone. Again, there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> and there's a lot of will, I mean, there will be a lot of ways. At least, yeah, we can begin with two, no problem. We make, make it sustainable. Someday we reach the 108, but we have to begin somewhere. And if, if you don't find anyone, you put a mirror in front of you. 
and some like record yourself in Zoom that it puts your your voice with some like delay, <laughs> so it seems that there's someone else there. <laughs> Just joking, no? I mean, please do not replace the valuable company of Vaishnava with technology of any type. No? So, but yeah, again, if there's a will, there's a way. So that will take you to to feel the necessity and to organize yourselves in somehow or other. <clears throat> so yeah, it's nice to conceive Sankirtan as it's part of one sadhana. Because sometimes Sankirtan is being only conceived like let's go out and inspire people to come to the temple by doing Sankirtan. And I don't have a problem with that, but that's I mean that will happen as a byproduct. If you are inspired doing that yourself, <laughs> that may inspire others. That's the idea. If you are in the street just like Okay, we have to do some promotion there by singing and dancing and learning this step, that step, but I'm not really into it. That may not create too much inspiration in the environment, but if you yourself are really absorbed in Sankirtan and others are seeing that, that would, you, you saw what, Maha, what happened with Mahaprabhu, of course, Mahaprabhu. <laughs> but, I mean, so many things happen like this with devotees. You hear so many times examples of people that first time they saw the boats who were singing, dancing, and, and they were so absorbed into that properly that that creates something like, there is something real there, what's going on? I mean, they really seemed into it. <laughs> but again, you have to, to be into it, so that's our part in the in the Sankirtan. So yeah, not Sankirtan, but Sankirtan. <laughs> what else? Mm-hmm. I don't have study car uh, at this moment to do everything for Krishna and do stuff for myself while people I with that mindset sometimes. For example, I can buy the pasta that my kids like, not I don't think okay it's now in the store which pasta will Krishna like more and <laughs> get that. So. Maybe difficult to find about that one. No? <laughs> <laughs> the pasta purana and there in Krishna will reveal which is his favorite. What to do, yeah, just joking. So, so, can I um, actually do everything with Krishna? Like, I cook pasta for my kids, but I try my mind to be focused on chanting, and will this doing everything with Krishna mm-hmm. take me to do everything for Krishna mm. at some point? Mm. Or is, is it just some mind, my mind uh, illusion? Oh, that, know, that, that, yeah, yeah, is good. that a way? Yeah, that's a way, of course, as you mentioned, it's not so easy to to do everything for Krishna just in a hundred eight percent level of surrender. I mean it's just like a really high standard. We may got we may go like neurotic, you know, trying to be there, be there. I mean it's, and you're not there. No, you're not there. It's like you have twelve years old and you want to be an elder. No, you you can try your best, but <laughs> Maybe the more you try to be an elder, being a teenager, the more you won't reach there. The more you remain a teenager. <laughs> so, so first one has to accept wh- wh- where we are, and of course, what's the goal to attain in short term, middle term, long term goal, sustainable way. And Rupa Goswami says something similar in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He says, uh, "You can offer Krishna those things that are favorite to him." But 
If not, if this is too much, <laughs> you can offer to Krishna the things that are favorite to you. Because you will get like emotionally identified with that. You know, like this is the thing I like the most. And you make Krishna part of that. Again, it's, it's with Krishna, but not for Krishna, in one sense. No? He's, but he's part of the equation on some level. But maybe the proportion is still, this is my favorite. Whatever, look, you feel fulfill the line there with whatever. <laughs> but Rupa Goswami said, I mean, we have to begin somewhere. I mean, you, you cannot just like forcibly, like, like how do you say, like uh, turn off your body-mind complex and material DNA and everything for Krishna. Mm. In time, that may be dysfunctional. Because, I mean, I mean, the goal is to attain that, but how to attain that from where we are, that's another thing. It may seem, oh, for attaining that, I'm offering my favorite thing to Krishna. One may say, no, that's, that's backwards. You should only offer what's favorite. But it's, I'm not there. So instead of imitating that in a superficial way and going neurotic in time, <laughs> ex although externally may seem super surrendered, everything for Krishna, I don't care for my children. I don't care what they like. Krishna likes this, they have to eat this. And all your children are growing traumatized and all. <laughs> but Krishna is happy. <laughs> so so externally it seems, wow, such a surrender person. Are you making all your family going crazy? All of you will end up in the madhouse like oh, all of us, only for Krishna. <laughs> But maybe in, in, instead of doing that, you become more realistic and say, okay, no, I will offer to, to Krishna, I mean, the thing that I like the most, the thing that my children like the most, whatever the case. But if he's make, being part of that. So that externally seems more not so advanced, if you will, not so surrender. But you are doing that with a much more mature framework and mindset because you understand realistically where I am, where I want to be, you are not also cheating yourself like, this is the all in all and forever I will keep doing like, I found the perfect formula. <clears throat> I offer Krishna what I like the most and that will be like this always. No, I won't be like this always. <laughs> but we have to begin somewhere or continue somewhere. So even though externally that seems less advanced, it's actually more advanced than if you force yourself to be more advanced and you become less advanced. So... So, yeah, it's, it's a logical thing to do. I mean, you, you try to... And, and, of course, okay, you say, okay, I will offer my child that that he likes the most, or she likes the most, whatever the case. But also, I mean, if one stops for a minute, one knows to offer my child his favorite or her favorite pasta, objectively speaking, I, I know it's not the ultimate goal of life. It, it's not that everything ends there. And you will realize after five minutes after he ended the pasta... <laughs> he will be asking something more and then the past is over and you have to so you know okay this is something to try to yeah to, to satisfy him please him on some level because you cannot just try to how to say to to, to buy your your child's satisfaction only with pasta in time that won't be enough but at the time those things may help but you have a bigger picture in mind in time I mean, hopefully, you know, you, you are not projecting, okay, when my girls have 25 years and they're having a problem, I say, ah, here I cooked your favorite pasta. You cannot ask anything else from me. With this, you should be fully satisfied. I say, no, I need more from you, mom. Pasta is no longer enough. It was nice, but 
now I need something deeper. So one should be ready to expand the you know, the big, bigger picture. Big, and, and that will, of course, make Krishna part more and more into one's life, at least. You know, it's, a necessity, it's a natural necessity. But yeah, in, in one beginning point, if you will, it's natural to... Uh, we may not able to... Everything for Krishna, but everything with Krishna. And in theory, we know, ultimately, everything is for Krishna. So even... I'm trying to... How to say? To have my children happy with, my, with their favorite pasta. <laughs> Somehow we know that... In the long term, this is one element, one detail. So they are balanced and eventually not only balanced human beings, hopefully willing for other things or yourself, you are a balanced mother. <clears throat> so being a balanced mother and human being that will give you more foundation for being a better devotee. So even in those details that seem to be disconnected, the consideration of for Krishna is there. Maybe it's not the all in all again, but but it's there in some plan, some place. And yeah, he's he's there. So I, I say that's very healthy. Like try to make Krishna part of yeah your daily life and, and, and every situation and every moment because that's sambanda. Sambanda means every element, every person, every situation has the potential to be connected with its source, and the common source of everything is Krishna. So it's in us how much capable we are we are in linking whatever is coming to our lives with him on some level again maybe not everything for him but with him not like including him in the in the picture because sometimes also we may be again going back to the superficial fanatical attempt we may just like forcing ourselves everything for krishna and externally since for krishna but it's not with krishna <laughs> mm. Externally, it's for Krishna, but internally, Krishna is not there. He has not been invited <laughs> to the party. <laughs> it's just more like imposed, like dogma that you, it's what you have to do, what's correct socially, or whatever you may like to. But it's not with Krishna. It's, so if it's not with Krishna, it's also not for Krishna, actually. <laughs> So better with Krishna, not for Krishna, than for Krishna, not with Krishna. No? Yeah. So something like this. No? Yeah. We have to find which is Krishna's favorite pasta, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Something else? Yeah, Maharaj, there was in the chat from in the chat from a few days ago. After the class, there were some questions from Madhurya. Do you want me to read them? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I, d I never read them. It was in Facebook? No, it was in Skype. So ah, we okay, saw okay. Them later. Okay, yeah. Why not? There are two questions. I'll read them both. You decide how. Or, or first one, okay. What is the difference between principles and principles and values? What's principles? Principles. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking of princess or something. <laughs> In Spanish, you say principe, which is prince. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Okay. So principles and values. That's the first question. Yes. I guess. Well, it may be. I mean, it's not something that maybe is necessarily linked with our conception, it may be more of a grammatical thing, and how each one will understand that. But generally, 
the two of them may be synonymous. Maybe consider as oh, connection wasn't off. So So yeah, I mean again I don't know the, the details they have in mind when making the question, but it sounds like similar, you know, like principles and values. Of course each term can be applied in so many different ways and have other meanings, but I don't I don't know the specific idea in mind, but generally you have principles in life, it's a way of saying, I have values in life. And even if you take principles in, I don't know, I follow the four regulative principles, <laughs> that has also to do with certain principles in your life. It's not just doing something, but it's some ideal you have that you want to uphold. So, for example, as we mentioned, let's follow the, the other day we say that, the regular, four regulative principles is not so much like, no meat eating or no gambling or no okay I'm following because I'm not doing that it's more about how much you identify with the the ideal of of, of the principle you know, which is compassion truthfulness purity austerity how much you really embrace those principles is how much you are following the principles it's not so much a mechanical execution of not doing something <laughs> But it's a much more, I would say, like passionate acceptance of doing something. If, you know, sometimes we conceive this in negative terms. Which are the four regulative principles? In English, they abbreviate, no? They say the four recs. First time I never got it. They say, what? Four recs? What's that? <laughs> recs, like regulations, abbreviate. So four regulative principles. No this, no this, no this, and no this. So it's, it sounds a little bit weird. No? Like, what do you do? I do not do this. And what do you do? And do not do this. And I do, but what do you do? <laughs> no, no, I do not do this. <laughs> yeah, it was clear. <laughs> Share with me the positive side of that. No? So it's not about avoiding something, but embracing something. And as much as I embrace the positive, I will be able to avoid the negative, not the other way around. And so as much as, as I'm concerned with compassion, that will be like a byproduct to be a vegetarian, let's say, for example. And I will understand that's only one part of being compassionate. <laughs> I mean, that's one part and, and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's connected. Principles and values. Values has the same point. Ideals, which are like the codes of, of thought and behavior that I'm choosing to, to guide my life through. So, I don't know if that helps, but... <laughs> Some thoughts in that connection. There's a second question. Yes. Should I? Yeah? yeah. The first one I replied quite quickly. So. So, it's regarding the. Also from Maduria. Yes. Uh, relationship with the devotees. We know that from the from our attitude towards the devotees, our spiritual progress depends on this attitude and that there are the cup of rickshaws for us with what mindset we should relate to them uh, we, in our relationship with them we should be in with sorry it's very and and if i realize that this person is sent by god 
now so I can associate with them and from him my spiritual progress depends with what mindset I should relate to this person was it too uh-huh. well <laughs> there are different degrees of devotees no? because the question started kind of more general like the devotees and then start to speak about one person on which my spiritual progress depends so that sounds more more specific if you will so of course we should relate with all the devotees in a respectful way uh, <clears throat> and also I'm, I, well, I may give one advice but also it will depend the adhikar of every person for example as we know the kanista bhakta he will not see any differences between devotees which it's okay. Everyone is devoted. But in time, some nuance appears, and it's necessary. Like you will realize, yes, everyone is devoted, but there are degrees of that. There are degrees of that. Some are more advanced, more mature, some others do not. Naturally, you start to to grow. If you, are, if you have been a proper kanista. It's, that is okay if you have received good nourishing as a kanista, a good breast milk as a baby kindergarten Vaishnav, <laughs> that will take you naturally to grow beyond the the defense of uh, initial like narrow minded mindedness naivety, and you will realize oh there are degrees of devotees, and you start to to be educated about also which are the symptoms of every devotee. One should, in time, be educated about that. It's not that we should just be naive forever. So we should know there are symptoms of devotees, and there are devotees who are more advanced than others. And if you really want to advance, there is one point in your practice that you will be concerned about, I want to make progress. And sometimes you may feel, I'm not making progress. And that can happen. I've heard so many devotees tell me that. <laughs> I got stuck. I don't feel making progress. And they've told me, in part, was because I was not serving or, or, or shelter under certain particular progressive guidance. So I needed that. So it's okay. It's not a sin. It's not you are being offensive for having that necessity. You should be chaste and loyal and surrender and so on. Of course, there is place for one being just whimsical and being finding some excuse to do any nonsense. That's another thing. <laughs> and I'm not inspired, and I'm not inspired. But sometimes, what do we, what do we understand as inspiration? No? Because inspiration doesn't mean someone will just like speak flowery words into my ears and put sweet there and oh, tell everything that I want to hear. And you don't have to change anything. You are perfect. It's incredible. And Everything, everyone else is bad and wrong, but you, oh, you, my dear. Victim consciousness, no, it's not, it's not that helping. So, one should be educated about, because then Madhuri spoke about putting ourselves under the guidance of someone under whose shelter our spiritual life depends on. And that sounds more like a guru, basically. Of course, in, in, in a general sense, we will say we depend on the grace of the Vaishnavas. But also, at the same time, this idea of dependence can be, can be, can be tricky, no? Because, okay, we depend on, on the Vaishnavas and depend on certain 
special figures, but we have to do something also again. It's not just whatever I depend my everything depends on you. And subtly you are trying to avoid personal commitment and trying to put hundred percent it's your duty to save me. Something like this. <laughs> and he will tell you, no, no, it's fifty fifty. So this is your fifty percent part. You have to do this, this, this. And again, some false humility, make no, no, I'm so fallen, I cannot do anything, you will do everything for me. Here's your, my 50% back for you. So you do the 100% for me. And it sounds like, wow, so humble, so you are really totally exploitative, basically, and evasive. So, so that's the point when I say our spiritual life totally depends on that person. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. I think she means that in relation to the any person my spiritual life depends on that's why what what with my spiritual progress depends on my uh, communication in relation to every devotee oh well so that's whoever nice. comes i communicate with mirella it depends on my okay okay that's another thing okay yes. thanks for clarification but the other one the other point also was also important <laughs> So of course, yeah, this is a really relational, relational process. My triastus are batra bhagavat. My triastus are batra namodvijaya. Praise Parikshit Maharaj. When he's about to die, or when he receives the news, you have seven days to live. So. Something to pray for. I like this verse. We asked about we just and Tava Gabatit and Anti Tadastra Yesu Jamjamu Payami Shristi, whatever. So he's praying three things. I adopted that whenever it's my birthday, and they say, Maharaj, you have to ask for three wishes. I don't know if it's popular here in Argentina. If you have birthday, before like turning off the candle. Three wishes in loud voice. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. Sometimes it's more even more conditional. Three spiritual wishes. <laughs> okay. So, in this verse I like a lot because Pariksi Maras receives, it's not his birthday, but it's his dead day, basically. <laughs> like, it's the same, basically. I mean, birthday is one year less, not one year more no? <laughs> in this world. So, so, he says, if I can ask for three things, I am about to leave this world. I, I have for three things. May I have love for Bhagavan? May I have association with his devotees? And may I have friendship with every living entity? So he like prays for these three types of healthy types of interaction with different personalities. No? With God, may I love God. May I have Sangha with the Vaishnavas, with all that it implies. I may have friendly engagement with every being, hmm? Maitri. Maitri means like friendship with Sarvatra, with everyone. So again, that's the principle of the devotees. Not even, the point is, this is not even limited to how I relate with the devotees. My progress depends on how I relate with everything and everyone. It's not like, I'm really careful how I relate with the devotees and then I meet a non-devotee. I don't care, it's, it doesn't matter. It's only with the devotees I be careful. And I'm violent and, and I'm, I mean, Rukhotinotakur said, there are four types of anarthas, and one anartha is aparad. And he subdivides aparad in four. And one of the four aparad is jiva aparad, he calls. <laughs> like offenses to our other living entities. No? And 
And the quality of the Vaishnava is Nama Ruchi Jivadai, Sarva Dharma Sar. He said, <clears throat> the essence of all Dharma is to have to develop a taste for the chanting of three names, the name Nam Ruchi and Jivadai, to be generous with every other uh, living entity, not just be nice with your pals and be a monster with the karmis or whatever. You know? <laughs> so what to speak of how much, my point is, if our progress depends on how we relate with everything and everyone, how much that will depend, how much we should take care of our relationship with the Vaishnava, which is, a, of course, a special type of spiritual connection we have. So, so yeah, we depend on, on each one of our relationships. Again, not to be paranoid, and <laughs> but yes, to be careful and be really considerate and be humble enough to realize, yeah, I depend on... But again, I depend on them in one sense, in the sense of a lot depends on how I relate to them. No? Since I depend on them, on one part, a lot depends on how I behave towards those that sustain me. No? I always like to quote Thomas Merton, he will say, like, your spiritual life is maintained by the prayers of your brothers and sisters. In Christian terms, he say that. No? Like you have your brothers, your sisters there in the community, and daily they pray for you. That's also a nice practice, no? You pray for your family to begin with, and your spiritual family, and you can pray in so many directions. But to acknowledge that, no, like to acknowledge, even though I may not know, it's not that I'm receiving some daily report. This person is praying for you. This person is praying for you. But you know that's going on, and, and you know there's a lot of well wishers, affectionate people, and, and and they are sending particular intention and prayers towards you and that's uplifting you upgrading you so we say that the other day we should be very careful because especially if you are in a quote-unquote high position everyone but especially if you are receiving too much of that from many you may easily think oh huh, now i'm so powerful now i feel totally injected with <laughs> shakti abyss i'm totally empowered and maybe yes but not it's not your own plaque. <laughs> I will self-empower myself, but I'm receiving so much love and affection and prayer, so if I acknowledge that, I will become humble and realize, oh, I'm just being sustained by that. And naturally, the next thing, I should properly reciprocate that. So, so yeah, it's quite <clears throat> quite crucial, and that's why along the, our Shastra, we see so many examples of the two things, how the devotees relate to each other in a proper way, and which is the result of that, and how they do not relate in a proper way, and which is the result of that. <laughs> like trying to make this point, you know, in one sense it's all about relationships. And with this I'm not saying try to force yourself to be the best friend of every single devotee in their life, because it may not happen. I mean, it's not that you won't be the best friends in Gaudiya Vaishnavism with any, every single member of the community. <laughs> but at least there should be some some level of affection and appreciation hmm, with everyone. Especially with those that make us uncomfortable. <laughs> For some reason or another. No, 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 not, 
not jump quickly to the conclusion oh, I don't like him that much I don't like her that much why? Mm, because I mean, we may not even know why but we feel this like zzz, 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 like short circuit <laughs> but we may think we should feel also well it means that the two of us have something deep to teach each, teach each other basically so what we can learn from uh, from each other so, as Krishna says in the Gita you know, your mind may be your worst enemy but has the potential to become your best friend. So you can project the same idea to the person that you may feel, oh, my worst enemy. But, pro I mean, the person is not your worst enemy. Your mind is your worst enemy. And it's projecting that worst enemy outside as a way of not having to do the necessary with your own mind. <laughs> so the worst enemy is like evasive mechanism. You know? Like the classical example, someone is robbing the bank goes out the bank and says, someone has robbed the bank. The thief went in that direction. Try to catch him. And everyone like, ah. and the thief goes like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so even subconsciously we may do that. No? Like the enemy is there, but immediately, but the enemy is there. He's the enemy. He's bad. And when everyone lo looks at it, like, ah, so everyone's relieved. But still the enemy is there. But has the potential of becoming the best friend. So we should like, Apply the philosophy, you know, apply the, the principles, the values <laughs> we have received when we are relating with each other. That's, in one sense, the moment you are being put to test because we can speak about that so much. We can be chanting so much around, around in our own private room. <laughs> but also an important moment where we will see where we are is when we relate to each other, how, how capable we are of dealing with our differences and harmonizing and being willing. And again, I'm not saying this to everything has to be totally perfect in every sense. That won't happen. <laughs> My Guru Maharaj will say the only perfect community is in Golok Vrindavan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so do not expect that to happen on earth. That won't happen. So do not go paranoid. Like when that this has to happen, this level of total transcendence has to come. and It will come in another place, if you will. <laughs> but we have to make our best also. We have not to be lazy. No, it's that single law. Yeah, but you never, we will never reach there if you are not doing your best here. <laughs> Again, doing your best is not just pushing whimsically in one direction, but also being intelligent and being... And, and sometimes, yeah, not blaming anyone. No? If some relationship is not working, I mean, the best thing is to be strict with yourself and not with the others in a healthy way if I do not get along with Uttava that much that, that may happen we have to take care <laughs> it's a mutual commitment we are taking now publicly in front of Mahaprabhu so at one point something is happening and I, I can think in two terms I think oh this Uttava is totally weird and rascal and he's not able to understand me and he's wrong I am I'm always perfect, <laughs> basically. Something like that can go. No? And we, of course, we start to, be, to go mad by thinking like this. Or I can say, no, no. I, I'm not, whatever. If he's not happy with me, well, okay. I, I won't blame him. I will try to upgrade myself. I'm better, I'm, I become a better person. And maybe in time, that the situation will work. I can't force him to change, so I will force myself to change. Force in the in the good sense of the term, no, not like 
in a fourth sense, but I will pay attention to my process. Because if, if I just wait the other person to change and be better, and tell me when you are doing better and I appear again back, no? That's like comfort zone. So I say, okay, if that happens, or you are speaking with someone in the street and you would like to share something nice and inspire the person, and the person is not inspired. <laughs> so you can see, oh, it's such a demon, <laughs> no security, all this. <laughs> it was not my fault, it was just. <laughs> Not necessarily. You should think, well, what can I do to become more of an inspirer to the other person? Not with neurosis towards me, but for sure there is something I can do to become a better version of myself. Now, that's an important point for us. Now, if there is something you can do to become a better version of yourself, and you are not doing that, and instead you are expecting something from the other side, that's called hypocrisy. That's the type of exploitation. You want the environment to serve you while you are not doing your duty. <laughs> and again, I'm not saying trying to be more than what you can and, and go crazy, but try to be honest about. And generally, generally at least, and that's another way of. <laughs> and sometimes the devotees come and, and they may be a little bit discouraged or whatever. And the question is, but are you giving all that you can to become the best version of yourself, or there is something, some coins you are keeping your pocket, if you will, of, of your giving of yourself, that you are not investing. And always the answer is, yeah, I could do something more, and I'm not doing that. So maybe that thing you are not giving is what is making the difference, and it's making you feel like, hmm. <laughs> so that's the point. We should, in, in that sense, I mean, you should be strict with yourself. Instead of expecting some miracle in the environment, demanding more qualities, and the other people, <laughs> that's it, the cheapest way of evade, being evasive and just, but no, if you want to become a hero, if you will, heroic Vaishnav, we should be really, and that's the example of our guardians always, environment is perfect, that's the idea, environment is perfect, do not try to change the environment, try to adjust yourself first. And, and when you are doing all that you can to adjust, you will reach this vision and realization, oh, wow, everything is perfect. So, so that's an interesting aha moment. And, and generally when we do not see everything is how it should be, it's become, because we are not doing everything we can to adjust. Again, all this in general, I'm not speaking about specific situations and how to act here and there, and I'm not saying if someone is beating you with a baseball bat, you have to adjust to the environment. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm giving general notions, and, and I trust your human intelligence to, <laughs> to adapt, but the principle is still there. I mean, if someone hit you with a baseball bat even, what will you do? I mean, you will condemn that person for return? You know, for some reason that happened also. <laughs> Running is good adjustment. Running? It's good adjustment. Okay. <laughs> the situation. Sivanidi had that pastime the other and no? Where there was that? Yeah. Venezuela or something? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you acknowledge that uh, this was for some reason also. No? Krishna wanted me to do some extra exercise today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's important to to have good relationships with the Vaishnav because yeah. They are like agents of Krishna's will in our life, in one way or another. So it's 
we are being put to test how we relate with Krishna through his agents, one way or one degree or another. They are representing Krishna, so we are to, to work on that. It's a really relational, bhakti is really relational, I mean, in comparison to any other process, jnana, yoga, journalists, go to the cave and do your sadhana, and maybe you see someone once a year, or something, vairagya and sannyas and detachment, and, but bhakti is like a lot of relationships, and we project relationships in eternity, so again, relationships will become such a source of of excitement that we are like celebrating that we will be able to engage in those relationships for eternity. But if we don't, do not learn the lesson here, and I tell you, you relate with him for eternity, you may think, oh my God, no, I want to go somewhere else then. I don't want to go to the spiritual world. <laughs> if he's going, I'll stay here. <laughs> Suddenly I got detached from Mukti. <laughs> So it shouldn't be like that, for sure. There's so much variety in Golok, not only our group, if you will, so many groups and so many subgroups of service in different races, and so many, as Silas Ramaras was explaining the other day, I was seeing a video, so many healthy opposition, no? when Krishna goes at night to sleep. Jashoda will want what? Will decide make Krishna have a nice sleep, good resting, he will be healthy boy, if, if, if the boy is not having good rest, that won't help him. He will be dysfunctional, so he may sleep quietly as much as possible. Uh, 15 hours, no problem. Let him rest. <laughs> but the gopis are thinking, may he run away with us every single night. May he have no rest at all. <laughs> so there is some tension there. Of course, one doesn't know what's going on. It's not that just so that knows the gopis want my Krishna, but there is this tension, this difference of opinion. <laughs> not that all they they all agree. Let Krishna sleep all night. Gopis won't agree with that, and Krishna won't agree with that. <laughs> he doesn't want to sleep. He was just to run after the prem of, of the gopis. That's that keeps him awake the whole night. Like when you are in love, even in this world, no? even though that may be a temporary shadow. But in that period, you won't be able to sleep at night. You will be like... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> so you can imagine when you have Prem, no? how, how much your nights will, will pass. Transcendental insomnia or something. <laughs> so again, there is difference of opinion, but everything is accommodated. There is no conflict between Batsalya Rasakamp, Madhurya Rasakamp, or, or whatever. There is a place for everything to to fit. So yeah, the sadhus are <clears throat> like we could say this idea. Krishna is showing me his mercy in the form of the association he's sending to my life. So that's an, a good way of personifying Krishna's grace and not making it a very abstract thing. Krishna's mercy. What's Krishna's mercy? What's Krishna's mercy? The association he's sending to your life. That's an embodied form of Krishna's Kripa. The Vaishnavas are Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. So again, the most sacred thing is coming in this personified form, how I deal with that. How much I want to pay the price of mercy. Which means how much I do, do I want to relate 
properly with the Vaishnav. That means accepting mercy. Again, mercy is not some like light comes to my life and everything becomes easy. Suddenly, I don't have to do anything. Also merciful. <laughs> That's a chastisement. Yeah, sorry, what to do? <laughs> they got disenchant dissolution, you say? <laughs> you have this idea, this word in English? Dissolution? Yeah. That's good. Because dissolution means illusion is, is leaving you. But generally you say, oh, I became so dissolution. <laughs> that means I want to remain in illusion. And now illusion is gone. And that means reality is getting closer and closer. You are getting closer. So... We have to really be, yeah, practical and realistic. What does this creeper means? It's not just again a, a wave of of light and I'm floating and, and some type of psychedelic experience, basically, or something like that. No, mercy means maybe Krishna will send you a particular Vaishnava that will challenge you in a very healthy way. <laughs> maybe your wife, your husband. They were looking at each other when I say that. <laughs> they got they got the idea. <clears throat> they have daily experience of that. <laughs> Similarly, you have that. And not only, of course, husband and wife, everyone. I mean, everyone. <coughs> of course, when you live with someone closely, there you have. Okay. okay. Lots of lots of mercy then. So for me it's healthy to see that because if you maintain that properly instead of saying oh this person is so annoying and oh and this this is Krishna's mercy coming in this particular way to teach me something to take me out of the comfort zone to invite me to develop the best version possible of myself I mean that's mercy that that's what create mercy will create that effect but again it's not that mercy comes and that's everything for you. And now it's super transcendental. Thank you, mercy. No. Mercy will put you in a situation when you will realize the need for certain changes and the necessary things to do and you will embrace the particular process, practice, prayer to upgrade yourself. That's mercy to begin with. And mercy to begin with will show you what do you need to, who you are, who you can be, and what do you need to change in between that. And the picture may be terrifying for a minute, like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's mercy. It's, showing, it's shedding full light on who you are. And then another degree of mercy, okay, what do you have to do to, to reach there? I cannot do it my, by myself, so we'll start to pray and I'm begging for mercy. There will come some special grace there, so we will... But we have to do our part, our sacrifice, and so on. So that's an important point. Hmm? Krishna's mercy comes in the form of the association He's giving us. So it's nice to think like this and not just like to look on the other side of the fence because in the same sense the grass always seems greener on the other side of the fence. Now, oh, if I would have only this association. Oh, I saw the video of this sadhu from Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> And I think he will be such a nice association with me. If he will have been living here in Bulgaria, everything will be like heavenly. And you start to create all these different movies in your mind and this and that. It will never happen. I mean, <laughs> you won't go to Alaska. He won't come here. Uh, 
So again, internet went down. This thing is being recorded. Okay. Let's continue. Let's continue. It's okay. It's okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good way to remain also like sane in mind because you can always be comparing yourself to others and this is better and this is better and probably once I remember someone asked the how do I know which will be my best association and again you can go crazy with that because you can like start to calculate and this and that and the and the both say well probably probably your best association is the one that you have already now in your life <laughs> Like implying, instead of trying to wander, let your mind go around the globe and Google all the possible associations and sang and countries, and, and your whole life was spent doing that, and you never had any association altogether. Better start with what you have, because sometimes in that my best possible thing is just a desire of avoiding what the present association is trying to give you. And we are not willing to accept because accepting that implies certain changes. So sometimes we may like just to go to YouTube and idealize, oh, this sadhu, this temple, this this video clip of this project, there sounds so idyllic. It seems everyone is happy in the video clip. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course they're happy, no? Like you have the group picture of the Bulgarian retreat, 30 people, so everyone will be smiling for sure. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that, that we don't have our own issues as, as individuals, as community. I mean, there's, that's everywhere. So we should like, understand. And that's a good beginning point. Instead of asking, where is my best possible association? But first look what Krishna is sending you right now, right away in your face immediately. And begin from there. Do the needful there. Try to do your best in that environment. And... If for some reason it doesn't work well, something else could be speaking about. But first, do your best wherever you are now. Because if not, there will be always some brighter horizon, if you will. <laughs> but it may never happen. Also, so. Some ideas. <clears throat> we have some minutes, if there are any other questions. Who? Chaman? I agree with also. We will go to the two. So, you, who first? Okay, um, so I asked you on Sunday about, about this thing with Lakdiv Natako's aspiration. Mm, mm. The expansion? Yeah. Mm. And I, I have, like, it's like the same question, but, uh, like, for, for, but for Gora Lila, because like, Mahaprabhu is absorbed in this pastime also during Ratha Yatra. <coughs> of uh, Radhat Kurukshetra and mm. Rupa Goswami uh, is, is um, so glorified for having understood the, mm. the move there. And, mm. and like, now, now I'm more wondering why them speak about this as some kind of ex, uh, like partial manifestation of... Because it seems like it's very important and central to go to Vaishnavism even. What? Uh, the birth, the Puri Lila, the Jaya. Kurukshetra, the, the meeting of Radha mm. Krishna. Mm. So, why not? It, it's, it's, so, it's so central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but, it, but, it's, but so why call it that it's not really. An expansion thing and not the real thing or yeah. something like that? <laughs> well, again, it's, at one point, it's. 
subjective in the sense that some people, again, we went out of online. We went back again, one second. Maybe we can try because it's coming, going. So, yeah, in one sense, this Kurukshetra meeting is crucial for us. <laughs> as we may say, the Rathiyatra is crucial for us at Gaudias, but we may say also there's no Rathiyatra in, in Nityanavadip, basically. So, even when someone wanted to make a Rathiyatra in Navadip, we know that Srila Siddha Maharaj like, objected to that, no? like implying that will disturb the hearts of the Dhambasis no? by reminding them your Nimai took sannyas and now he's doing all these weird things outside of Nadi or something. <laughs> so, so similarly, the Kurukshetra is like important for us, especially in the context of the Bhomalila and in the context of the separation. As we will see also, it's important, I don't know, for example, this Brahma Gita we are speaking now, uh, Samachara says it's the most important chapter of the Bhagavatam. You will see, but it's not in Brindavan. It's not. I mean, it's in Brindavan, but it's not with Krishna in Brindavan. It, it does. It doesn't happen in Golok Brindavan. It only happens here. So again, why it's so important? It's not a Nitya Lila, if you will. It's a Naimitika Lila. But it's important as the Kurukshetra Lila, because it sheds light indirectly on on the love of the Brajavasis in separation from Krishna, which is, of course, the predominant like aspect in the Bhoma Lila. On earth, there is a predominance of separation, while on on the Nitya Vrindavan, if you will, Golok, there is a predominance of union. Separation is just some hours per day, if you will, when Krishna goes and comes, but never like going to Mathura, going to Dwarka. He's already Mathura and Dwarka in another form. In Golok Mathura and Golok Dwarka. <laughs> so he doesn't need to go there. <laughs> he remains in Vrindavan. So... So I will say the same point. You know, this, this song, of course, of Rupa Goswami, this poem, when he translates Mahaprabhu's pop kirtan in the Rathiyatra, <laughs> has to do with how Shirada uh, like highlights the, important, the importance of Vrindavan. I mean, it, it, I mean, the whole section points so much to Vrindavan. The whole Kurukshetra meeting converges into that high when Shirada says, Without Vrindavan, we, it, this cannot happen. So, therefore, the need is Vrindavan, <laughs> not Kurukshetra, if you will. So, in that sense, Kurukshetra is really pointing, go back to Vrindavan if you want this to happen, because there is no Jamuna here, no Govardhan, no Peacock Feather, not all the playground, all the paraphernalia that make you who you are as Braja Krishna. I mean, for you to be Braja Krishna, you need to be in Braj. You cannot be here in Kurukshetra on top of an elephant, being a prince here and this, there. For you, I mean, our Krishna is Braja Krishna, and this only happens in Braj. <laughs> so this Kurukshetra moment, if you will, is strongly, intensely making this point. Like, our Krishna is not that Krishna, <laughs> but it's the other Krishna. To the point that Radha, I mean, if there is something that she desires the most, is to serve Krishna and unite with him. But she has to tell him, no. 
Imagine, try to, try to put all these elements in place, and she's saying, no, it's not possible, it cannot happen. This is the thing I will like the most, but it, it is to be done under certain rules, if you will, certain circumstances, certain context. So if there is no Braj, if there is no Jamun, if there is no stage, if there is no stage, there is no Lila. I mean, a Lila is a dramatic performance, strictly speaking. So you cannot have a dramatic performance without without a stage. It's like this. That's the criteria. So Braja Lila is a game, divine game, divine play, but it's compared with drama. With the different rasas and ingredients and emotions and roles, the Nayaka, the Nayaka. Rupa Goswami has presented Krishna Lila in aesthetic, dramatic terms. So you have you want the drama, you need the stage, the proper environment. If you don't have that, there is no drama. So mm -hmm. Sri basically saying that to Krishna and Kurukshetra. You want the drama to happen, you want Lila, you, you want us to be, again, but the stage is not here. That's what she said. I mean, mm -hmm. I see chariots and elephants and there's no flute, no peacock feather, no cows, no gopis, no go. No, no. There cannot be Lila. Lila needs particular stage, what we call sometimes a boat or dam. You can have Gorlila without full Gorlila without Navadri. <laughs> one sense. You can have Gorlila in Puri, but the fullest expression of Gorlila is not in Jagannath Puri, interesting. <laughs> so all the all but it's interesting because Krishna Dakaviras Goswami extended the most of his writing to that, if you will, secondary expression of Gorlila in Puri. Because we need to go through that secondary expression to enter into the ultimate Nitya Navadu. So similarly, our Acharyas have emphasized a lot this separation mood, and that's why the Srimad Bhagavatam depicts the, the earthly Lila of Vrindavan, not the Golok. The earthly, because the, Golok, the earthly Lila is predominated by separation, and we need to go through that to reach the other place. And that's why we have the smallest section of the tenth canto is Bajalila, comparatively speaking. The longest section is Krishna outside of Vrindavan. Krishna Mathura, Krishna Dwarka, Krishna Kurukshetra. <laughs> it's longer. Like Mahaprabhu in Puri is longer than Navadri. It's longer. But that wants to make a point. Longer means in all those chapters that Krishna is outside, you have to understand what those chapters are telling about Vrindavan, how the Brajavasas are suffering separation, how Krishna is experiencing separation, the differences of love, one place or that. So all directly or indirectly is pointing back to Braj. So the same will apply to, to Mahaprabhu in Puri. It's so important <laughs> as a means to the goal. <laughs> It's not that important as the ultimate destiny that we do away with Nityanava. Oh, Jagannath Puri is so important, and Sannyasa Mahaprabhu is so important, not to the point that I will shave Mahaprabhu here and, and put him a danda in, in, the, in the raised hand and one commandalu here. No, not to that point. <laughs> but to the point of spending one week speaking about that, so we can enter there. <laughs> now when he is no longer Sannyasa. Yeah, I would say that that's why for us it's so important. Not because Sirad is making the statement, Kurukshetra is so crucial. <laughs> she's not saying that. I mean, she just went there because 
they happen to be there. If the solar eclipse celebration was in Prayag or whatever, she may have gone there <laughs> and said the very same thing to Krishna. Braj. <laughs> Not so much Kurukshetra, this, but there. No? Braj. Let's go back. Rathiyatra. No? Let's bring Krishna back there. So every, all that converges back to that direction. So. So that's why we celebrate so much this like Kurukshetra and verses and all the points in that not for the sake of Kur of Kurukshetra in itself. Huh? And the same with Bhagavad Gita. We may say, okay, for us Bhagavad Gita is also important, not as important as the Bhagavatam, but it's really important. But ultimately for us Kurukshetra and Kurukshetra Krishna speaking Gita, ultimately <laughs> Is, as my Guru Maharaj depicts in his commentary, is someone who is there, but he's there remembering what he experienced before being in Kurukshetra when he met the Rajavasis in Kurukshetra, and all that takes his mind back to Vrindavan. <laughs> so it doesn't remain in Kurukshetra, that's the conclusion of the Gita. Sarvadharman Paritya Mamekam Sharanam Kurukshetra. No. Mamekam Sharanam Braja. So when Krishna says Braja, no longer, no more Kurukshetra. End of the story. End of Kurukshetra there. His mind totally went to Vrindavan by thinking of the love that Rajavas is there. So that was the purpose of Bhagavad Gita, <laughs> basically. For Krishna. Vrindavan. No? So no matter which Kurukshetra, which Bhagavad Gita or solar eclipse, Vrindavan. Vrindavan. No? <laughs> so that, that's our Gaudiya reading of, of all this. I agree, Prabhu. Yes, uh, thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. Uh, I re realized this may be a, a wrong answer, but I uh, <coughs> ask you to give just a short uh, answer. I'll try. <laughs> I cannot promise. Okay. Uh, in regard of uh, what you said that we have to have a Deeper understanding of the four regulated principles, <coughs> how they uh, uh, connect with uh, with the four pillars of Dharma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are totally connected because again, four pillars of Dharma. Dharma means again. I mean, an important point here is the four regulated principles are not something spiritual. I mean, to be ahimsa is not... You can be an atheist. Mm. Of course, if you ap apply the ultimate idea of non-violence, you may, may, may say something else. <laughs> but in general, I mean, you can be vegetarian, you can be whatever, salivate even to, the, to that ex extraordinary case. You can be whatever, non-casino guy. <laughs> And you can be, you can take, you can be a straight edge. You have a straight edge here? No. But you know what that's yeah. meant with the X here. Non-intoxication. You don't take, you don't take any intoxication. But nothing of that is speaking about spirituality. And what to speak of bhakti? Bhakti doesn't come from purity, material purity, austerity, material compassion. Bhakti comes from bhakti. So that's another thing also. So, as you mentioned, that's called pillars of Dharma. So, Dharma is not the same as Bhakti. 
Of course, you ultimately practice the highest dharma. That's another thing. Sabai punsam paro dharma and prema dharma. You ultimately, like the Bhagavad Gita, first verses Ganga the other day, immediately speaks about dharma. Dharma kshetri. The first word of the Gita is dharma. <laughs> dharma. Dharma kshetri kurukshetri. No? In this kurukshetra, dharma will be... But where... What's the conclusion of the Gita? What what did I mention before? Brindav. <laughs> so that's the Dharma that you ultimately flourish in, in the battlefield, basically. So that's Prema Dharma. Because ultimate Dharma, the word Dharma, you can translate that in so many ways. <laughs> Duty, religion, like constitutional function, whatever. But Dharma, Dharma means... That which dara ma, dara means which sustains ma, me. That which sustains one's existence. So you can speak about the material sense of dharma which keeps you balanced in the world, which sustains you. That's dharma. But ultimately, what's the ultimate sustaining of your soul? That's another dharma altogether. So... Again, going back to the four regulative principles, that has more to do with like material dharma, we could say, of being, and, and I'm not criticizing that, I'm just putting that in place, too, with sattva. Hmm? Which sattva is something in itself uh, very unique and special, it's not very popular, I will say, in this world. <laughs> well, but, but the whole, the whole Vedic, like, uh, mindset originally was, as you know, dharma, artha, kama, to begin with. Moksha is at one point when you get fed up with all the other stuff. But in the beginning you have this called tribarga. So tribarga means these three main aims in life. Dharma, artha, kama. So there is artha, there is kama, which means there is some uh, financial development, artha, and kama, there is sense enjoyment. It's not like altogether condemned, if you will. <laughs> but there is dharma to begin with. Huh? And in the context of dharma comes artha and kama. Dharma means to be a good person, ethical, religious, balanced, civilized human being. And sattvic disposition. On the basis of that sattva, there is some healthy development in the world. But nowadays, unfortunately, people is not concerned about tri-barga. They are concerned about dui-barga. <laughs> artha-kama, 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 artha-kama. Money, sense enjoyment. Money, sense enjoyment. Money for sense enjoyment. The money, sense enjoyment. But if that's not done in the context of dharma, that leads to degradation. So there is a place for sense enjoyment. There is a place for having money. But in a sattvic frame of mind, if it is rajasic, tamasic, you will be degraded through those same activities that can gradually civilize, civilize you. Okay. So, dharma, pillars of dharma are these four, basically. Compassion, austerity, purity, truthfulness. So... It has to do with these four regulatory principle, principles. Hmm? But again, as I mentioned, that's not the all in all. Um, you are vegetarian, let's say, vegan, whatever, ahimsa vegetarian. 
And that has to do with being merciful. But you can be vegan and be cruel with the human beings. No? So you have to protect the animals because all these human beings are totally... Whatever. <laughs> I just tell it. But poor animals. I love the animals so much. Oh, there comes a human being. So it's basically the same principle taking another form. You were violent with the animals, now you're violent with the human beings. <laughs> so it's in, it's like comprehensive notion. But something that will help you will be that, for example. That's like one special example. You change your diet and of course that affects you. Or the other different things. Do not take stimulants because that's a form of... Again. Yeah. That won't lead to, to austerity, basically. Austerity is a very important principle for us. It doesn't mean like torture your body until you go mad, but it means like you have to learn how to not overindulge and look for superficial stimulants while you should try, and distractions, while you should try to find proper stimulants and attention. Stimulant in attention, not in distraction. <laughs> And, and not just find some cheap relief of reality, because sometimes people take drugs only because they take some relief from their own minds. But it's a temporary relief. It's not that they found the solution to their problem. So it creates a distraction, but you become addicted to the distraction. So it's a whole evasive mechanism. Every time I feel anxiety, whatever, whatever, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> you are not okay anymore. You need more. So, so austerity means <clears throat> try to. The word says, says it all. So I won't go in detail with each one of them, but all of them should be done. But the point is again, you may not be taking drugs. It doesn't mean you are fully austere in every sense of it. <laughs> Maybe you are speaking too much, and that's not austerity. Krishna speaks in the Gita about so many types of austerity: austerity of speech of mind, of action, of charity, all the things have to do in a particular way. And the same, I don't know, with purity and sex. <laughs> That's the, the classical one, no? No illicit sex. What do you think about that? What's illicit? Do you agree? Good question. What's illicit? That's a very important question because it is saying no illicit sex, but the point is that maybe nobody knows what this, what's the implication of that, <laughs> or everyone will have a different idea because there are different ideas about that. I've heard like illicit sex means, as you may imagine, only procreation, only sex for procreation. That's a high standard. It's brahmachari like. You're just, I mean, you are greater than a brahmachari. <laughs> because you have your wife there, no? Only for procreation, which means, I mean, how many kids you can have. <laughs> Ten times in a lifetime or something, no? I mean, that's higher than being the celibate monk living yourself in the, in the monastery. But of course, that doesn't sound too realistic, too sustainable for most. So the idea of illicit sex, the very word illicit, I personally do not like that much. I'm using that because it's a popular way of referring to that. 
and I don't like to address this principle with the word no. Again, no this, no that, no that, but yes to. So how to be do these things in a sustainable way? Some people may want and be able, okay, only for procreation. I mean, we, we won't forbid them to try it if they want. It's okay. I'll do it. I've known some few cases you know, with the fingers. Of course, I'm not asking every couple what's your standard at home, but sometimes they have shared that. So if that's sustainable, okay. Some other will think, no, this is too much. But we will try to maintain that practice in a committed relationship, which means... I will be going with anyone and everyone, which makes may make it more sustainable for most. And it's okay. There's place for that. It's not like... Mm, mm. But the point is, the, the desire has to be on some level, how to say, harnessed. I always give this example of this person I met once. I maybe have shared that a hundred and eight times already. So it was a person nearby our temple in Buenos Aires, and he knew us from the neighborhood. And once we entered there, it was a shop where you make these phone calls. How do you call that? 20 years back. <laughs> there were no cell phones almost. No? You went and called to some place, whatever. No? So he was the one in charge. Okay. So he had seen us coming and going sometimes, always with this type of stuff so he once asked us like what's the meaning of these clothes hmm? so and we already knew him a little bit so we we were with Vaishnava Maharaj that day so we kind of felt where this will converge uh, what's the conclusion of this inquiry so I said well this clothes means that we are monks so immediately his question was so you cannot have sex <laughs> Of course, it's not that we cannot, but it's it's part, it's one part of what we have chosen, which is <coughs> not the main thing, even. But it's part of the whole lifestyle that we have chosen, not that we cannot and someone is forbidding us and we are burning in desire or something. <laughs> and then came, came the next question. <laughs> he asked us, when was the last time you had sex? <laughs> because he was not able to conceive the whole thing. And he was starting to become overwhelmed. Because it seems it was the first time in his life he found such weird people as us. <laughs> so you can imagine, no? he asked that question and he was already overwhelmed. And then the, the answer to his question was last time was 20 years back or it never happened in my life. And he was lost. <laughs> we lost him and I was so much in anxiety because I was already seeing him like totally overwhelmed and I said well now we will reply to his question he will go crazy because you could see he was looking in his mental google for some <laughs> reference of that and no no, no reply to your search no reply to your search no reply to your search so he had no reference point because his own situation was exactly the opposite and he I didn't know that at the point, but after I say, we say what we said, he looked at us almost like crying and say, I cannot spend one day without having sex. I cannot. If I cannot have that with my partner, I have to pay to some, some lady for having that. And he was kind of realizing by such stark contrast 
Like I'm addicted to that. I'm addicted to that. It's not normal. Because of course he may have heard us and thought this is not normal either. <laughs> but he gets some like contrast and he was like so of course my point is to such a person I wouldn't say only for procreation. <laughs> I mean, he will commit suicide. I will say try once every two days. Which is against. <laughs> Sounds like it's a lot still. But for that person it will be like almost brahmacharya. <laughs> he will start wearing saffron. <laughs> but he need, the person needs something. Okay, how to, to, to become a better, better in this but in a sustainable way. You have to start somewhere. So my point is this, when we say no illicit sex, this is not fixed formula. Imagine that I tell to this guy, this means no illicit sex. I mean, that's all, that's all. I mean, he said, no, I cannot speak with you anymore in my life. This is weird. But if it, he, tells, he tells me every single day, I can, okay, let's try one every two days. If you want, I mean, it's whatever you want. I won't tell him what to do, but it's about how to, I mean, my Guru Maharaj will say, everyone agrees that we have to control that impulse on some level. It's not that you are walking on the street and you like a girl or a boy and you jump on them because of desire. I mean, that's not correct. So, on some level, we know that should be controlled. So, where where is the line of control in each case? That may differ in each case. So, But it's important that everyone... So... Some ideas. It's a whole whole big topic, but it's in connection to the question. So I want to finish. <clears throat> so these four pillars again have to do with being human. Sila so Prabhupada really emphasized four regulative principles. And sometimes the Buddhists misunderstand this is transcendental, but it's not transcendental. It's more humanly to be a human balanced being, which is okay. <laughs> Important. Satvagun and be a functional member in society and being properly satisfied regarding material necessities. So on the base, on top of that, you can project vertically on the horizontal development. So I will say that if you want to speak about four pillars that are transcendental for us, we go to the third verse of Sikshastaka. And then you have Sunishina, Sahishnuna, Manina, Manadana. There you have your four. Paradharma pillars, if you will. Humility, tolerance, respect, and uh, how do you say in English? When you do not expect respect for yourself. Modesty. In one word, yeah, modesty. In the context of chanting. So that means in the context of bhakti, in the context of spiritual called devotional culture. There you have four pillars of, on top of the other four. <laughs> but generally the first four need to be in place. So on top of those four, you put the other four. And gradually another four, and then the building keeps growing higher and higher. So, yeah, some ideas. So it's important to be, as we always say, balanced human beings. We are to become first devotional human beings. Don't try to be a devotional superhero without being a devotional human being. <laughs> but do not try to be only human being without being devotional either. No, that can be distracting as well. So everything in in its proper place. So, I think we can stop here. There is some special prasad waiting for the Vaishnava. So, thank you so much for your time today. As I mentioned, it was our last lecture. So, it was my great fortune and pleasure to be able to come here again and share with all of you. Hopefully, we can repeat it soon. But somehow or other, let's keep in 
in touch and keep with the good tidings and nourishing <laughs> whatever blessing have come these days in, in, in our lives. I do. I will promise I will do my best on my side to try to keep all the things that I received from you. So hopefully it's two-way street. <laughs> Till we meet again. See you Zoom or see you Zoom. No? One of the two varieties. Srila Gurudev ki jai, Shri Man Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shri Hari Nam Sankirtan ki jai, Shri Giraj Maharaj ki jai, Chagnath Balai Subhadri ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Pramad.